Five lines from the top of the page. Tzadi Dalit Amad Aleph Tonar Abonon. The rabbis learned and so should we have a Eimer Chutz Lamaidiin. We said that if a person is uh, by the distance of Maidiin from Yerushalayim, so now you're called far away and you don't need to bring your carbon Pesach on the 14th day of Nisan. But what happens if you're in Modian and you happen to be the one cool guy with a car? See, even though you're so far away and it would take you time to walk, you're 15 mil and you're not going to get there in time, but I've got a car, I'm a fancy guy. So if I can get there in time, am I obligated to? Says the Gemara. Let's say you're in Modian or further and you happen to be able to have a horse or a mule that could take you zooming fast. Yerushalayim. I would think that you're high of courage if you don't do that. Tamar Leimar. The Torah says, And he wasn't traveling. That's all you need. All you need is that you weren't you weren't on a distant road. Then you're going to be Chayav Kares. Otherwise, you're not going to be Chayav Kares. This guy is distant. He is far away. And despite, therefore, despite the fact that he can technically hop on a Hertz rent-a-cow and get there in time, you're still going to be potter from Kari. So I made Let's say he's closer than Modi in. Let's say you're talking close to Modi in, but you can't get there because of the yesh pikak. Yeah, there's traffic jams. Something's going on. Yeah, there's flooding. There's something blocking you. There's camels. Face. So then, I would think you're not chayev. You're only, you're only not chayev if, if, if the distance is what's stopping you. This wasn't the distance stopping you. And Mela, you're going to be chayev. Obviously, you're, not, you're never chayev if whatever's going on is an einus. But over here, this is something that you could have, um, you, you know, you could have uh, been more careful about. Period. End of that discussion of the Gemara. Brand new Gemara. And we're now going to, we're now going to get into, yeah. All right, listen closely here. Listen closely here. We're now starting a new Gemara, two dots. It's going to take us for, um, <laughs> we're going to go on to Ahmed Bey's with this, quite down. And this is going to be the thrust of our Gemara. And... The meaning of this Gemara and the scientific details of the Gemara are impossible to do justice to in Dafyami. It's hours and hours of shiurim to understand what our Chazal meant, how the statements that we're making fit in with what people call modern day science, which unfortunately some people think science is a fact, right? Science is not a fact, science is information that is constantly uh, developing uh, for example just until uh, a few decades ago there you, you were a fool to think the world was less than 15 billion years old now in the past few decades they've narrowed it down to 13 billion they knocked off 2 billion years so they're getting a little closer to the real number yeah we know we're 5781 over here. We're in Tufshin Payala. But they're, they're, the scientists are, are narrowing it down a little bit. 
This Gemara is going to talk about the constellation specifically. We're going to get onto this because we discussed distances of walking, how long it takes to walk from place A to place B. We said you walk 40 mil in a day. This discussion of the Gemara is going to lead us onto the opinion of Rava, which we're about to mention, who holds that the entire world is only limited to a certain distance. And we're going to start questioning that from all of the, um, from uh, a number of different brises and, and teachings about the constellations as to how high the heavens are, how wide the earth is. A lot of these, th- these things are not going to fit in with modern science. The Maral discusses this Gemara at length. So it's really pretty much going to be impossible to dwell on the details in just the limited of time, amount of time that we have. But at least let us try to understand the Pashup shot, the, the simple meaning of the Gemara as we go through it. And I'll, I'll share a few tidbits of how, at least in our, in our basic minds, we'll be able to, uh, to view the science that we are the science that we are referring to. Let's start reading. And then as soon as we touch on the constellations, I'm going to give an introduction as to how it works. Here we go. Amar Rava, Rava says, Shisa alfei parse have alma. The entire world, says Rava, is 6,000 parse. Rashi says, the sun, when it goes from one side of the earth to the other side of the earth. Now, what moves? The sun or the, the earth or the sun? What moves? So, from what we know, really the earth moves around the sun. However, for us standing on earth, we think the sun is moving. Because every morning the sun starts off to our east and heads over to the west. So to us, it looks like the sun is moving, although it's not. Says Rava, the sun, when it rises in the east, from our perspective, until it sets in the west, moves 6,000 parsa, visumcha derakia, and the thickness of the heavens, alpha parsi, is one-sixth of the earth. That's how high the heavens are. That's how thick they are. So the earth is 6,000 parsa, and the heavens is 1,000 parsa. Okay? Now, where'd Rava get these numbers from? So let's talk. Part of it, Rava had as Messira, as tradition, and part of it he got from his own Logic. How far does a regular person walk on a day? From dawn until sunrise, we know was five. We learned this yesterday, right? You walk five mil from dawn until sunrise, and we learned that out from Lot. Remember? Saddam. Okay? Also, Ben Ashmashes from Shkia until until uh, 
is also five mil nimtza. Ayv sharakia echad meishisha bayayim. So it comes out that if a person walks forty mil in a day, so and five is done. Here's the math: five mil is done before you see the sun, and five mil is done once the sun is gone. So from sunrise to sunset is the amount of time it takes to walk 30 million. So 30 in middle of the day, this, this is basic math for us, is six times the five mil of dawn till sunrise. Okay, there's going to be five mil when you don't see the sun yet. And then 30 mil while you see the sun. So we see you have from the from what you see of the sun is six times of what you don't see of the sun. It's five before you see the sun, and then thirty of the sun. Okay? Nimsa, so it comes out that since now we didn't see why it's it's six thousand parsa, but since the earth, according to Rava, is going to be six thousand parsa. The heavens must be 1,000 parsa away because they are one-sixth of the width of the actual world. He says, so that's his svar. Besides for the tradition, that's his svar. Says the Gemara, Rava, what are you talking about? And now we're going to um, go on a number of challenges to Rava's number. Maybe that's a challenging question. The thickness of the heavens is one-tenth of what the sun does while it's noticeable. So according to Rava, it's one-sixth, right? We have a Brisa, Rava's in Amaira. We have a Brisa telling us it's one-tenth. And actually, you only have four mil, not five mil, until... The sun is noticed until sunrise. So it comes out that the thickness is one tenth of the day. So Tiyofta Drava Tiyofta, and we have an upslug on Rava de Ula Tiyofta, and it's also an upslug on Ula who holds like Rava. Says Is this also going to be a question on Rabbi Yechonon? was the one who learned yesterday that a person walks. 40 mil every day, five before, five after, and 30 in middle. So according to him also, Lachora, Rabbi Yochanan should be of the opinion that it's one-sixth. And for the Gemara, no, Amar Lach, Rabbi Yochanan might say, I'm just talking about a person walking during the day. Rabban Hudikato and the Rabbanan, only uh, Rava was the one who made a mistake, because they were counting the amount of time that a person walks even before Alaysa Shachar and afterwards. Meaning people don't always, you know, start the minute that they that dawn is. They start sometimes a little earlier and sometimes they hang out a little later. Maybe there's also an upslog on Rabbi Chanina. Rabbi Chanina was the one who brought the source that it takes it's five mil to walk from Tsayar, from Sodom until Tsoar. And this proof was from Lotz. You see it only takes five mil. The Gemara says, Maybe really it's one-tenth. And the reason why um, Lot and the Malachim 
were able to go faster was because the Pasuk tells us that they hurried, they went very fast, and when people walk fast, they cover more ground. Period. Okay. We're going to now continue to challenge Rava's opinion that the width of the earth is 6,000 parsa, the width of the heavens is 1,000 parsa, hence the ratio of 6 to 1. Let's keep asking on on um, Rub. It's going to be a very, very interesting brisa. I don't understand this brisa. Okay? It's going to take research on our part, um, how exactly it works. But let's read this through together. Toshima, come and listen. Mitzrayim. He arba meyaz parsa, arba meyaz parsa. Mitzrayim itself. Now remember, Rava says the entire world is how wide? 6,000 parsa. Our Brisa says Mitzrayim itself is 400 parsa. U Mitzrayim echad mishishim dekush. The whole size of Mitzrayim, 400 parsa, is a 60th of Kush. How big does that make Kush? What's 400 times 60? 240,000? Four hundred times 60 should be 240,000 parsa. And that is just the size of Kush. The Kush, okay, so now <laughs> Rav is saying the whole world is 6,000 parsa. That doesn't even come close to the size of the country called Kush. The Kush itself is Echad Mishishim The country of Kush itself, Ethiopia maybe, is one sixtieth of the entire world. So 240,000 Parsa times 60. Millions and millions and millions of Parsa in the world. And the world, we're just finishing off this bride, so we already have our question, right? But this world, the globe, is Echod Mishishim Begad, is one sixtieth of the garden of Gan Eden. The Gan Echod Mishishim Eden. And the garden of Eden is one sixtieth of the size of Eden itself. The Echod, the Eden, Echod Mishishim Gehenim. And Eden itself is one sixtieth of Gehenim. I guess the Ebishtin needs more room in Gehenim. Yeah? They say a joke. A guy comes up to uh, uh, how appropriate it is, but okay, it'll give us a smile. Listen, hopefully it doesn't sound like apicarsis, you know? Guy comes up to heaven. And I goes, Baruch looks at me and says, you know, you did a good job. You can come stay right here with me. You can stay, you know, come right into Ganeid. He comes in. Comes time for lunch. The Ebishter says, you like tuna? Says, yeah, I like tuna. Does he like rice cakes? Yeah. He says, all right, let's have tuna and rice cakes for lunch. They sit down to tuna and rice cakes. The guy's looking down between the cracks. He's looking down at the Gehenna. He sees they're eating hamburgers, hot dogs. Right. Comes time for dinner. David still looks at him. He goes, hey, Yanko, you like tuna? He's like, yeah, I like tuna. Says, you like rice cakes? Yeah, I like rice cakes. All right, tuna. He's eating tuna and rice cakes. He looks down. He says, he's... Uh, Reading barbecue chicken. So he says, Takadish Baruch, he says, you know, God, you know, I like tuna and everything, but, you know, 
I'm looking down between the, the cracks and I see what they have. The Lord looks at him and says, listen, I figured for two people, it's not Kedai to cook. <laughs> Gehenna needs a, lot, needs a lot more space. Needs a lot more space down there, you know? All right. So, It comes out, the entire earth is barely the cover of a pot that's the size of Gehenna. What's the bottom line? Rubber, what do you mean the world is 6,000 parsa? This world is millions and millions of parts. Says the Gemara, Tiyofta, Rubber's wrong. But even though he's wrong, we're not giving up on him. And the Gemara says, I'll prove to you again that Rubber's incorrect. Toshma, come and listen to this, Bryce. The Tarn of Elio, they learned in uh, the Tarn of Elio. Tarn of Elio is a group of Bryce's of encounters that people had with Eliyahu Hanavi. Rabbi Nassim Aymer. Rabbi Nassim says, Kol kulo tachas Very interesting. We know that there's one quintillion, 64 quadrillion, 940 trillion stars. He says the entire planet Earth sits under one star. That's how large the stars are. Teda, and I'll prove it to you. You can keep your eye on this on one star. No matter where you walk in the world, that's going to be your placement in the heavens. That star, is, you want to find the Big Dipper, is going to be in the same place no matter where you're standing. You see, the entire world is under one star. Now, stars are much bigger than 6,000 parsa. So how can Rava say 6,000? The Gemara says, Tiyofta. You're right. Another upshlag on Rava. And we'll do it again. Another upshlag. Toshma, come and listen to this. Let's introduce this, Brysa. We're going to need to... We're going to need to know this. Okay? Without getting too much into constellations and... You know, like we explained at the outset, it's gonna, there's gonna, you know, if anybody wants to really fully understand this, it's worthwhile spending time on outside of Dafyaimi. But let me, let me, uh, uh, let let's uh, explain as follows: as the Earth moves around the Sun, it becomes noticeable to the outside of the Sun, <clears throat> whatever's in the direct line of the sun's, you know, of how the earth is angled towards the sun, another constellation will become noticeable. So this Gemara is being written from the viewpoint of us, human beings standing on planet earth. If you see the constellation of a calf in, in Egel, in the north, and the constellation of an Akra, the scorpion, Badarom in the south. The Kola Yishov Kulo Eno Yoshev Elabain Egla Le The entire world lives between those two constellations at that moment. The Kola Yishov Kulo Enoi Hoive Ela Shoachas Beyat. And it takes the sun really one hour to pass over 
all of um, all people who live on planet Earth. The sun only enters at the Yishu of the place where, where people inhabit the world one hour a day. I'll prove this to you. Before noon, the sun's going to be noticed on the eastern side. The hour afternoon, it's now noticed on the western side. From the six and a half hours to seven and a half hours. And Medes Baraish Kaldam is going to stand directly on top of everybody, directly, uh, directly over them. So you see that the cycle of the sun is 12 times the size of where people live. And this is a lot bigger, says the Gemara. This question is not on the 6,000 parsa of the earth. This one is how can you tell me the sun and the heavens is only 1,000 parsa away. The sun must be much further than that. To Yufta, that is another upslug, another disproof on Rav. Another a proof that Rav is wrong. Toshma, come and listen. The Amar Rashi says, Rashi says, Bottom Rashi on the Amar, this Russia is talking to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar thought that he's going to fight against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A heavenly voice, Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, a heavenly voice comes down and says to him, When I said I'm going to be Uh, Nebuchadnezzar said he's going to fight against the Elyon. He's going to fight against God. A heavenly voice came out to Nebuchadnezzar and says to him, Russia, Ben Russia, you wicked person, I have a wicked person, Ben Nimrod in Russia, you're a descendant of Nimrod. Nimrod was the one who tried to build that tower to go fight against God. Says Kakadish Baruch to Nebuchadnezzar, what's your problem? You know how long people live? Says Davra Melech, 70 years is a full life. Vim Begvurais, person's got a healthy, strong body. Shmainim Shana, 80 years. Shanamar Yemeshay Sem Shim Shan, Vim Begvurais, Shmainim Shana. Min Haaretz Adla Rakia. From the earth until heaven. It takes 500 years to travel. I don't understand this. I don't fully grasp this. You know, I don't think that after people die, their neshama travels for 500 years. That's not what it means. But if you ever want to travel up to the first level of heavens as a human, it'll take you 500 years to travel. And the thickness of the heaven, it takes 500 years to reach it, and it itself is 500 years thick. And in between each level of heaven is another 500 years of traveling. What's your problem? What's your deal? You're trying to build, a, you're trying to fight against HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What are you talking about? There's another disproof on Rabba. Rabba, how can you tell me the heavens are 1,000 parsa of thickness? It takes hundreds of years to travel through each level of heaven. And therefore, Rava is wrong, period, end of that discussion. However, we're now going to continue um, discussing this uh, astronomy and the cycle of the earth 
vis-a-vis the vis-a-vis the sun. Okay, and again, the the size of the Earth and how how the sun is is uh, how the Earth turns around the sun, what exactly it looks like, and to point out before we start this brisa of Tanurabanon uh, about ten eleven lines down on Tzadi Dalid Amud Beis. Chazal, again, are talking from the viewpoint, not of science, but from the viewpoint of how, how we see things. And keep in mind, I, I saw an interesting thing. You ever sitting in a car, and the car next to you starts moving? You feel like you're moving, and you're not? You know what I'm talking about? You're sitting in a car, all of a sudden, you're in a parking spot. And the car next to us, we were like, whoa, am I rolling? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I moving? What's going on? The reality is when you have, I think this is from Einstein, when you have two boats that are moving near each other, you cannot tell which one's in motion and which one's not. It looks like... One, you, you, you may get the wrong one being in motion. It's not easy to tell which one's moving. Okay? So, Torah, the rabbis don't so shui, chachme Israel, Imrim, Galgo, Kabul, Mazolis, Chaisrin, that the, the uh, constellations are a circle, like we showed in the diagram. Okay? The constellations are a round circle. And the. Um, and the mazolais are turning at a very slight angle in their place. But the, the chachamim of the umay sa'ilam would say galgal chayzer that the, it's the it's the galgal that is chayzer and it's the mazolos, it's the constellations that remain in one place. So basically what's moving? Is the constellations moving and the zodiac remains in one place, or does the zodiac move and the constellations remain in one place? It's really impossible to tell. Um, so, Omar Rebbe, Chuvala Devraim, Rebbe says um, that I can prove to you that our Chachamim are correct, which we're going to challenge this and actually disprove it. Um, but he says, It can't be the constellations themselves are moving because you'll never find the calf and the scorpion, you know, in different parts of, uh, uh, on different sides than what we're used to. Maybe the two movements are like the the saw of a millstone, inami kitsrinuna de dasha, or like the hinges of a door. Okay? And Mimela, um, you can have something that's meant to be an axe, something that's meant to cut, and it rotates around the mill, or you can have the mill rotating around it. And Mimela, you have no proof. The, the idea over here is the bottom line is the muscle. If you want to understand what's happening, it's the muscle of the cars or the two ships. When you, it's just it's very difficult to tell which one is the one that's actually in motion and which one is remaining in place. Okay, chachmei umas 
Omerim, the Chachma Yisrael Omerim, the Chum of Klai Yisrael said, B'yayim Chama Malachas Lamatam and Arakiah, during the daytime, the sun goes, and again, scientifically, I'm not really sure what's happening over here, but the sun goes below the heavens, okay? And at night, the sun kind of goes above the heavens. That's when you can't see it anymore. It's kind of going out of our place, out of where it's, no, uh, out of where it's seeable, and now it's going above the heavens. By daytime, it goes below the rakia. By day, it goes above, uh, below the rakia, yeah. And also by night, it goes below the rakia. It doesn't change. That's the chachmi umasayla. My rabbi, rabbi says they happen to be right in this area. The way that they explain makes more sense to me. It's very interesting. He says, you'll find that by day, sometimes springs are colder than at night. And his mahalach is, his theory is, because at night, when you can't see the sun, and the sun is passing on the other side of the world, it's warming up the springs that are underneath the earth. And that's why you'll find the spring that's warmer at night, because as the sun's shining on the other side of the world. And if Archacham are right, that the sun goes a little further away, above the Rakia, why do I find springs that are warmer at night than by day? Tanya, we learned in a Braisa, in the summer, the sun gets a, a, travels a little higher, and therefore the rays spread out more. It gives warmth to more places. So you find more places warmer in the summer months. Places the weather are warm, but the water, underground water, is under being a little colder because it doesn't have the sun. In the winter months, the sun goes underneath the rakia, underneath the heavens. The, the warmth doesn't spread out that much. It's more condensed to where it is. Springs could have warm water in the winter because the sun, the Misa, is a little closer. There's four roads, four paths that the sun travels on during the year. Nisan Iyar Vesiva Malachas Baharim. And Nisan Iyar and Sira goes through the mountains. Why? To melt all the snow. Tammuz of the Elul. This is the summer months. Malachas Beishiv. It gives warmth to. Uh, where people are dwelling. It helps the fruit um, uh, cook, means it, uh, become ripe. It goes through the water in order to dry out the rivers. We're in Adar, we're in this one right now. It's out in the desert. In order to not mess up the process of the seeds disintegrating. Okay. Period. Disintegrated really it's germinating, right? To be able to rot in order to uh in order to grow back. Alright. Period. That is the end of the sugya of constellations. Very good. We have one uh two more short gemaras till the bottom of the daf. Tomorrow's daf starts with a Mishnah right on top. So we got two more uh discussions. Discussion number one is we learned yesterday 
a machlokas, what's considered far away to not be obligated to not be obligated in kares if you don't bring your pesach. One opinion was modiin. That's how we started out today. The other opinion was if you're outside the threshold of the azara, that's called far away. There's no chiyav kares. If you're outside the Azara, Kvaldik, you're not Chayib Kares. Ask the Gemara, what? The guy's right there. He could have gone into the base on Mikdash. We're not going to say to him, come do it. Or you're going to have a chiyav kares? What do you mean? If a person, listen to this, is an RL allowed to eat from a carbon Pesach? No. Somebody who's an RL, he can get a bris milah on Arab Pesach and he chooses not to, is chiyav kares for not eating the carbon Pesach. I, he's not allowed to, but he could have. Just go get a bris mila. And the guy's high of kares. It's a frek, different Rebbe Eliezer. This Rebbe Eliezer bin is a frek the Gemara. You, Rebbe Eliezer, hold. That when somebody has the chance to get a bris mila and eat the Pesach and he doesn't do it, he's high of kares. So why when somebody's outside the doorstep of the Azara and he can bring a carbon Pesach, we say, oh, no, you're off the hook. You didn't do it? Dad, don't worry. You're far away. You're outside the base. I mean, that's what? If you're high of kares, you're not getting a bris mila. When you could have, you should be chayav kares for not entering the azara when you could have. Amr Abayabai says, no, bad question. You can't. An aral has to do with the laws of Tuma and Tara. That's a whole different discussion than somebody far away. When the Torah says somebody far away is not going to be obligated, that's talking about a derech chayka. A, a tahar person, meaning somebody who's fit to eat the carbon Pesach, as opposed to somebody who is Tameh, somebody who does have a brismila, doesn't have the leniency of Derech Rechaika. Rav Amar, Rav says, Tanoi, it's actually Machaikas Tanoim, the Tanoim Enterprise, Rav Lezer, Amar, Lezer says, Nama Rechuk Machaim Pesach, Nama Rechuk Machaim Be Meister. It says if somebody's far away and they can't eat the carbon Pesach, they can't join the carbon Pesach, so you can bring a Pesach Sheni. We also learned that if somebody lives far away from Yerushalayim and can't bring their Meiser Shani to Yerushalayim, you're not obligated to bring your Meiser Shani to Yerushalayim. Just like over there, far away from Yerushalayim means outside, anywhere outside Yerushalayim. So over here it means outside of Yerushalayim. It's considered far away as long as you're outside the place where you're allowed to make it, not eat it. And since the making of the government Pesach is done in the base of Mikdash, if you're outside the Azar of the base of Mikdash, you're not in the place where you can make it, and you're already considered Bederech Rechoka. Okay. Kaman Bazar. Very interesting. We learned if most people are Tameh, then you're allowed to bring the carbon Pesach B'Tumah. Remember that? Be familiar with this Allah. When most people are Tameh, so you can bring the carbon Pesach B'Tumah. We had a whole discussion. What if it's 50-50? Then what do you do, right? Let me ask you a question. 
And this Gemara is huge. This, th these steps right here are really huge for our understanding. When most of who is Tameh, are you allowed to bring a carbon Pesach Betumah? Most of who? Ka Yisrael? A Shevet? Says Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Rabbi Yisif, when most people in the Beis Hamikdash at that time are Tameh, you could bring a Betumah. Come on. Whose opinion does that follow? who says, like Rabbi Yehuda, that any time you're outside the Azara, it's considered far away. So anybody who's not in the Azara is not counted towards the, 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 the counting of Tumah. You're far away. We're not going to include you. Period. Last piece of Gemara. Omar Loi Rabbi Yehuda says, Lafikach, and therefore, um, this was his source that outside the Azara is considered Derech Rechaikatanya. Basically, the Omer basically says Derech Shemeani Mahalach Shnayim Aishloisha Yomim. When it says that a person is far away, I would have thought it's a two or three day trap. Kishuaimer Ube Derech Lehaya. But when it says and a person is not on the Derech, it doesn't say Derech Rechaika. It says Ube Derech. He wasn't on the road. Magid, that teaches us, Any distance, as long as it's outside the Azara, that's going to be called traveling, and such a person, according to Rabbi Yaisi, would be allowed to have a Pesach Sheni. We will hold it here for this evening. Hashem, pick up from the mission on the top of Tzadihei, on Aleph tomorrow.